The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. I'm Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. We help men deal with the life changes triggered by divorce, such as child custody and property division, among many others. But life changes also occur after divorce. These changes can make parts of your existing court order irrelevant or harder to follow. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, talk to us at Cordell & Cordell. We're a partner men can count on. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. Pels fans, welcome back to the Bird Calls. This is SB Nation's podcast dedicated to the birdrights.com. Your one and done stop for all the best and latest analysis on your New Orleans Pelicans. Now, my name's Preston Ellis, and I have sadly been ruled out of the preseason due to a strained left ring finger. So, <laughs> it's substitute teacher day. But before we go any further, don't forget to check previous episodes previewing the Southwest Division, the Western Conference over-unders, and a special behind-the-scenes tour to Pelicans Media Day. But for now, let's talk some Pels. What up, Pels fans? It's your co-guest host. Donnie Harvey here. Hi, this is Scott Trout, CEO of the domestic litigation firm Cordell & Cordell. There are many life changes that can happen after divorce that make it difficult or impossible to uphold requirements of your divorce decree. The orders issued in a divorce are based on the facts presented at that time, but the circumstances used in issuing those orders can obviously change. If you feel a modification to your court orders might be necessary, Talk to us at Cordell and Cordell. Contact CordellCordell.com, 1065 East Hillsdale Boulevard, Suite 310, Foster City, California, 94404. With other co-guest host, Zachary Genda, and that was my Preston Ellis impression. How'd I do, Zach? Not good, but it's all right. Uh, we have the keys to the podcast because Preston is off uh, getting married. And we here at the Bird Rights are pro-marriage, so we're happy for our guy. Um, John and I are not, we're not old enough to get married yet, at least not yet. But, you know, that's okay. We're pro-marriage. We're also pro-basketball. We're not necessarily pro-betting, but we're going to do like we did with Preston and I a couple days ago. We're going to do pro, uh, we're going to do NBA over-unders. We're going to do the Eastern Conference version. So basically, this is like, we're throwing the uh, throwing a party at, at home while mom and dad's away. So don't tell anybody because we'll get super in trouble. Bring your liquor in your empty water bottles and let's have a good time. Uh, where should we start? All right, so let's just do this by – let's just make this easy on ourselves. I'm looking at VegasInsider.com. We're going to start – we're going to go alphabetically because that's just easy for me, easy for you. Uh, we're going to start with the Atlanta Hawks. The Vegas Insiders got Atlanta at 27 and a half wins. What, what are you feeling for that one? Okay, so Atlanta, Atlanta's best player is Dennis Schroeder. That, that, that can't be good. And it's, 
Kent Bazemore, I guess, their second best player. I mean, that's—I don't feel super confident about them at all. Twenty-seven. Uh, I mean, the, the East has a lot of bad teams this year. I mean, I yes. think that there's there's going to be some teams that are going to squeak in, you know, that to that eighth spot at under five hundred. Uh, with that being said, though, the Hawks might be the worst team in the conference. We can debate whether they're worse than the Bulls. I don't think Zach Levine's going to play right away. I, I'm going under on that. I think that's, you know, it's a bad team. Uh, is Deadman their third best player? I mean, I'm just thinking out loud. That's, I, I don't I – mean, it seems like they kind of gutted to tank. So, uh, this is kind of the last year with that draft lottery uh, percentages but the way they are. I'm going under. How, how about you? Yeah, I'm going under. I think this Atlanta team is terrible. I'm, I'm looking at the roster now. I mean, they got they got a bunch of just, oh, yeah, that guy. They got Luke Babbitt, Bellinelli. Oh, yeah, that guy. Oh, yeah, uh, that guy. Don Collins is getting some Rookie of the Year love for reasons. Uh, Seems fun. Quinn Cook. That's fun. They um, got Quinn? Yeah, they got Quinn Cook on the roster. I wonder if he actually makes the makes the, the team or not. He might just be a camp body. They got one of the Plumley brothers, um, Garrison Ilisova, Torian Prince, who actually I kind of like. But um, I don't know. I just I, What happens with this Atlanta team? Because it was just two, three years ago they won 60 games. And, yeah. And your real life comes at you fast. I, I don't know. Yeah, well, I don't know. They were. They had that magical season that seemed like they won 70 games when I think they only won 50 or something like that when Corver was hitting everything that he took. Uh, but man, yeah, oof. Teague's now with Minnesota. Uh, Horford with uh, the Celtics. Millsaps with uh, the Nuggets. That's and Corver's obviously with the Cavs. Uh, it's kind of kind of depressing. Uh, you know, you thought that team would be around for a while, but all right, we're going to both go the under on that one. Who's next? Uh, next, let's go Boston. I got 53 and a half wins for the Celtics. Ooh. Well, why don't you go first? Tantalizing. I, I, I don't know. I think Boston coming off maybe the least impressive number one seed last year in quite some time. They got a lot better, but they had to give up some pieces too they had to give up some of that depth that made them really good but Kyrie and Gordon Hayward that's that's tantalizing especially with all the pieces um Bynes Horford they got the the other Morris brother they have Jason Tatum Marcus Smart Rogier who I thought was getting traded to the Pelicans you know because that's a thing um it also can uh can I finally get some Pats on the back because I bought a lot of Jalen Brown stock last year and everybody kind of laughed at me. And here we are. Everyone loves Jalen Brown nowadays. Yeah, yeah I but I loved him. I loved him first. You were high on him. I am still, he's fine. You really wanted him to be a Pelican. I remember that, but I don't, uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't knock my socks off. Do you, are you kind of concerned that, you know, kind of that chemistry uh, for you know, I apologize for the cliche of you know losing uh, Avery Bradley and uh, Crowder is going to ruin the chemistry. I never really understand why we say chemistry, but go ahead. Uh, 
I mean, yeah, maybe I think they'll get a, there's got to be some uh, some kinks to get worked out, but just on talent alone, I I, I think this is the most talented team in the East. Do I think that's going to get them through Cleveland come spring, early summer? That's a, that's a whole different conversation. But if we're talking about wins, who's going to get the most wins in the East? I think it's, it's got to be this team right now. Yeah. I mean, the, we're going to get to a lot of other bad teams. Boston is one of three four debatably really strong teams in the East, which means they're playing the bad teams four times a year. I mean, you know, if either Kyrie or Gordon has a bad night, they'll still probably be able to get by the the Hawks on a, you know, back-to-back. So I'm going to go the over. Um, They have, you know, still a lot of depth on that team. I'm interested to see how Marcus Smart plays this year. He's going to take a lot of, uh, going to take the toughest defensive assignments. Uh, I think they're going to have trouble defending the rim, but it's kind of exciting to see Morris, uh, Morris brother. Hopefully, we get the the Morris on Morris uh, playoff battle that we wanted. And uh, I'll, I'll take the over. What do you got? Yeah, I'll take the over too. And I think coaching also matters. And Brad Stevens is, is about as good as it gets. So I think he can. Sure coach up Boston to a couple extra wins. May, they may not crush the over, but yeah, I 54, see them at 55. 55 that's achievable. Yeah. Let's move on. Let, yeah. Sure. But let's, let's go to Brooklyn. And I got a bit of a hot take. So Brooklyn's at 26 and a half wins. And I think Brooklyn could be a really Whoa. good, bad team. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Well, they don't have pick. Right? They still, but, they still don't have a pick. To, you know, there's no incentive for them to, to tank. Yeah, they're, 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 there's no reason to tank anymore, or they have no reason, I should say. Um, but, I mean, looking at this roster, I mean, there's Damari Carroll, Alan Crabb, DeAndre Russell, Jeremy Lin. I mean, I can talk myself into Rondé Hollis Jefferson, who I've always liked for reasons I can't explain. I've always liked him. I don't know. I can, can talk myself a, into can we, can we have a D'Angelo Russell conversation? Yes. Are you pro against? uncertain i i don't really know where i stand uh i don't know i think this will be good for them i i I think between the his his rookie year was kobe's last year and 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 the thing with uh nick young and and byron scott's keeping him on the bench and kept him in timeout i think byron scott I think I think this would be really good for Russell to get to get out, go go east. And there's a lot of bad teams in the east. And yeah, Brooklyn's one of them. But I think of the of the the bad group, they'll they could be the best one. I think they could get some some easy wins off of you know the the Chicago's and the Atlantas of, and the Orlando's of the of the conference. Well, between Russell and Lynn. You would assume one or the other is going to be an offensive explosion, you know, every other night. That's a lot of star power at a point guard position offensively. I think they're going to probably sneak up on some teams, and it seems like they're deeper than they have ever been. And 
I'm taking the over. I think 20, was it 27 or is it 26? 26 and a half. Yeah. That's low. I mean, the East is, is pretty bad. And, and those, those two players alone with some wing talent here and there, uh, Levert, I like, I think he's still on the team. Um, I think they're going to go over. I don't think it's going to be, you know, I think they're going to blow us away, but I wouldn't be shocked if they got 32 wins. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Let's let's tie this to the Pelicans. Like, could you see the Nets be? We know how the Pelicans have those infuriating losses every now and then. Could you see the uh, Nets yeah. punking New Orleans? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, it's just one of those teams where you know I, I got to see a Nets game last year um, at the Barclays Center, and they played the Sixers. The best bad game I've ever seen. Um, actually, came down to the wire, but um, that stadium's nice. It kind of I, I could see why uh, it, it, it'd be tantalizing to play there, and the crowd is extremely intimate, and it really uh, feeds into the team. I could see you know a little bit of uh, you know Pelicans travel there, uh, and you know I, I could kind of see you know the the reasons why Brooklyn would kind of sneak up on a team like that. Um, I think they're going to surprise a lot of teams, that's for sure. Yeah, I agree on this one. So let's. Let's keep going. Next up, we've got Charlotte. Charlotte's at 42 and a half wins. And maybe you can go first, but I'm just going to say this. I, I can't get a feel for this Hornets team. Yeah. That's, okay. So. Kendall Especially with Batum out now. Batum's out for, what, 12 weeks now? Is that what it was? 12 weeks. Yeah, that's what, that's what, about 30 games or something like that. Um, 20, 30 games. Yeah, that's tough. But they're actually, they're fairly deep. They got, obviously, they got Monk. And they got Kid Gilchrist. Um, they, you know, Marvin Williams is hanging out, uh, and they got Dwight. Um, Such a weird roster. Kinda, yeah, it's a very strange roster, but it kind of fits like the old, you know, the, the standard, uh, you know, stereotypical NBA mold of a roster with your big center and, you know, versatile four and, uh, you know, some wing talent. You know, this kind of seems like it's the year that Kemba kind of, you know, takes it up a level and we see really how good of a player Kemba is. The East, the Hornets, you know, are either going to, you know, they're either going to be that, you know, the Pistons or what everyone thought the Pistons were going to be a couple of years ago. Uh, and then they turned out to be, you know, barely making the playoffs. And, or they're going to really surprise some people and be maybe the fourth, maybe even the three seed in the East. Um, uh-huh. You know, you got Dwight Howard on his uh, redemption tour. Uh, he was on TNT, you know, venting it out with, you know, Charles. And it was, and, it's his redemption, redemption tour because you, you saw the the thing about how Atlanta celebrated when he left, right? I mean, that's not good. Yeah, the things that are written about Dwight are very interesting. I mean, ever since that, the most awkward press conference I can remember in Orlando uh, when Stan was talking to the press and Dwight and came put his arm and around like him, gave yeah. him a hug. Uh, it's just been very strange. I don't he, know. You he know, might as well have put on a cloak and been the Grim Reaper. I mean. I, I guess, I don't know. You know, uh, Lee wrote a, uh, a, you know, SI's Lee wrote, you know, a just a touching, you know, uh, comeback story for Dwight. I don't know. I 
I think 42, though, in the East might be a little too low. I kind of see this team around 45. Um, just because the East is, is pretty weak. And I kind of like that Kemba's got a legit center. You know, uh, Dwight does some annoying things, but, you know, uh, high pick and rolls with Kemba, with Malik Monk shooting, I don't know. I, I kind of, I can kind of talk myself into it. What do you think? I, I'm going to go the under. I I can't, I said, I can't get a feel for this team. I'm looking at it and it's just, I also, I don't like the Batum injury. That might yeah. cost him some wins early on, but like you got Kemba and Michael Carter Williams you have Dwight and Frank oh, Kaminsky yeah. and one of the Zeller brothers. This this roster doesn't make sense to me. Hmm. Yeah, Mar- yeah, Kaminsky, I mean, it's got a lot of this is going to ride on it whether or not he can, you know, develop into a confident defender and you know consistent scorer. Um, I'm wondering the year for the Hornets. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say Rick. I wonder if uh, could Malik Monk. Is he going to be like a legit like running mate with, with Kimball Walker? Be like the Bradley Beal, John Wall, like the the Definitely guy right away. That? I just I I couldn't I couldn't see that happening right away. But you know he's going to be a body that's going to stretch the floor at first. And I don't, I don't even know if he wants to be there. I think he's been talking about how much he is upset that the Knicks didn't uh, draft him. I think he I don't even think he really wants to be there. So maybe, who knows how his attitude will be. I don't know. The more I'm talking about it with you, the more I want to take the under. Um, but, you know, I think they're going to be a little over 42. I think that their, their ceiling to me is 45, but I can kind of see them in that 40, 44 uh, win range. Yeah. You're still taking the under? Yeah, I'm going to take the under. I, I, don't, I don't like this Charlotte team. Um, let's move okay, on. I think it's the first one that we've disagreed on. Yeah, and that's good. Um, we we thrive off of uh, uh, embrace debating here. Um, so yeah, we let's move. Let, let, let's let's move on. I think we're not going to disagree with this one. The Chicago Bulls with 22 and a half wins, and honestly, that that number seems insanely high for probably the worst team in basketball right now. I I genuinely couldn't tell you their starting five. Yeah, I uh, I, I genuinely could not do it. I don't know if this quote is real or not, but I got sent this a couple of days ago, and this is from Robin Lopez, or this might be from Robin Lopez, and it says, quote, oh, God, am I, am I the best player here? Oh, God. <laughs> Did he really say that? Tell me that's true. I, I don't know if that is true, but I will give my first – I'll give my firstborn for that to be true because that's maybe the greatest line ever uttered in civilization. But yeah, I'm that's looking hilarious. at this. I'm looking at this roster now. Oh, Robin. Uh, they got that guy from Villanova from a couple years ago, Chris Dunn, Jerry and Grant, Markinen, who's baby Dirk, but he's not. I don't like Zach, that. But I don't like Zach, we, we keep we keep doing that. We said that with Porzingis. They're completely different people. I don't like yeah, that. Yeah, just uh, anyways, every 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 uh seven foot European white guy is 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 dark. Um, we got to get more racial stuff. Uh, gotta, excuse me. Uh, keep going. Uh, let's see Bobby Zach Portis? Levine. Zach yeah, Bobby Ford is still there. Yeah, Bobby so. Ford is still there. Uh, Cameron Payne, handshake extraordinaire. 
Okay. Miritich, Diamond Stone. Miritich. Who I, liked. I liked it. Miritich Maryland has got but... to be traded this year. That's there's no way he's there at the end of the season. Yeah, actually, I can't tell if that's Miritich or Andrew Luck because they look the same. Uh, they really do Denzel, with the beard. It's incredible. They do. Uh, Denzel Valentine, Paul Zipser, uh, our guy Quincy Pondexter. But uh, you know, yeah, we know that. Yeah. Um, so that's a bad. That's a bad team. But, yeah, uh, and and uh, Justin Holiday, and Justin Holiday. I forgot. And Justin. Okay, um, so they have. You know, every single player on that team is a is a role player. You know, yeah. a bench player that's going to be starting. Who, who's their go-to scorer? Uh, Chris Dunn. Yeah. I, Chris I mean, Dunn can't score though. All right. So who is who's going to take a shot on that team? I it'd probably be Levine. So okay. So hot take. Levine, I don't think Zach Levine. I, I don't yeah, think Zach Levine's a good basketball player. I'm just going to say it now. Um, yeah. And I Fun think. I, I think if you're Chicago and you're trading for a guy who relies solely on, on athleticism that's coming off a torn ACL, that's not that's not a recipe for success. Yeah, that's uh, I bet the fans were thrilled uh, with that trade. Uh, yeah, the, I, yeah I'd, be, I'd be curious to see what happens when he comes back and they give him the keys. But, I mean, we were just talking about the Nets. The Nets actually have competent scores that can handle the ball. Without yeah. Levine, who can score, I don't know if he's ever tried on defense. Um, you know, they don't have anybody to score the ball. I don't know how they're going to – I don't know how what, – what's, what's the over-under right now? It's uh, 27? 20, 20, 22 and a half. 22 and a half, okay. I don't know. Can you see them legitimately outscoring – teams 23 times no no i think this team I, is i genuinely awful. can't either all right so we're both going uh, under yeah um and i want to say two things right quick so the marketing thing you, you traded jimmy butler one of the best what eight to 12 15 best players mm-hmm. for levine coming up that tour knee Chris Dunn, who can't score, and Markinen, who might be Channing Fry. I mean, yeah. Chicago, they, they feel like, you know, step one, blow up the roster. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. This feels like what the Bulls are doing. Like, I don't know what and, – and this is coming from a guy – we have dysfunction in, in our franchise. But, sure. like, the Bulls, wow. Wow. Um, yeah, there doesn't seem to be any plan. No. And uh, just be bad here and see what happens. And uh, I, I don't maybe maybe Preston can edit this out, but um, so they have on their roster Antonio Blakeney, and Blakeney is from LSU, and Blakeney is kind of a terrible person, and I hope he doesn't make the roster. Can I say that? Am I allowed to say that? Hey, I, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to feel, Jenda. Because you, know, um, you have feelings just like me. But hey, can I, uh, for a hot sec, uh, I'd like to, um, I'd like to ask you a question. Uh, do you know who the best, uh, uh, what's the best football team, college football team in Louisiana right now? Because uh, <laughs> I think the Green Wave, my alma mater, 
might be the best team in Louisiana. Yeah, well, maybe going off record, but no, it, it probably is Tulane. It probably, it probably is. Yesterday. Shout out to them. It probably is the Green Wave. And actually, um, I'm doing this podcast in a much better mood because I thought LSU would get just suffocated by Florida, but Florida came out like a bunch of chumps. LSU got a big time win, and the program is back on track. Maybe, probably not. Go Tigers. Half to Louisiana football this weekend. Uh, yeah. Hopefully that. Have the Saints played yet? I'm, I'm, I've, no, I've the been Saints driving for are, several hours. The Saints are off this week, so oh, the Saints can't – Yeah, they can't ruin the great weekend. weekend for Louisiana football. Yeah. Yeah, also uh, – and one, one last thing on Antonio Blake, and then we'll move on. The reason exactly. I dislike him, yeah. I worked at a Canes in college, and he came by a lot, and one time he threw a drink at us because he said we made it wrong, but he didn't. And I hate oh him. So, he threw a drink at you because he said that you made his drink. Well, it, it wasn't it wasn't me. It was one of my coworkers. Right. But yeah. So how do you make it? I mean, what? If there's what? What are there? What? How many options are there? There's sweet tea. Yeah. There's there's, there's unsweetened tea. There's lemonade. How there's could you? Ice. Move- I, I don't know. And also, I don't know why Antonio Blake <laughs> would ever – that response? He, he would always come through drive through and he would never want the food in the bag. Who are you, Antonio Blake? You just take the bag. Well, anyway. How did he want it? Just in the, did he want it just canes in the, in the hand? Like, you just, well, you just, just want like, the chicken like... – you know, just, just give me the box. You don't want the bag? No, just give me the box. All right, man, fine, whatever. Um, but how now often I'm all did grumpy. he come to the drive through all the time. <laughs> really curious. Like, like oh. daily or like several times a week or like. It, it, it was at least once a week. And no wonder LSU was a bunch of bums last year and got Johnny Jones fired. Yeah. Oh, but, that uh, was a great, that was a great little event session. I'm glad yes. you got that out. Yes. Okay. So let's move on. So from the worst team in the East to maybe the best, we've got Cleveland at 54 and a half wins. And Ooh, 54. Okay. It, my, my question about Cleveland, is, is this it? Is this like Cleveland's last stand, or are we, doing this, are we rolling this out again next year, or, or what happens with the Cavs? Uh, so, I, you know, it's tough to say. They definitely set themselves up for, you know, they're definitely very well set up for a rebuild if they choose to do that. My concern with them this year is Isaiah Thomas, which is, you know, duh. He's, he's, he's going to be out for who knows long. And I love that they got Wade. I mean, ESPN's probably having a field day for it from it. Um, their coverage with Wade and LeBron was just out of control back when they were in Miami. Um, I mean, are they even going to start Derrick Rose? Should they start Derrick Rose? I know they're doing. They're having Kevin Love at center now, which seems like is a very smart move. Uh, you know, he might have trouble against like a Drummond every once in a while, but you know, most of the centers, the big men in the league, aren't uh, you know aren't true centers. So I, I'm I'm excited to see how that uh, works out. But you know, why why even play? Why even start Derrick Rose? Uh, you know, you could just play – you could just have J.R. Smith and Wade start at the guard positions, LeBron Crowder and uh, Kevin Love. And I, that's a pretty solid 
starting line, you don't have, you know, a, you know, a true point guard, you know, quote unquote, whatever that means nowadays. But, you know, that's a pretty confident starting five and you'd have Derrick Rose to kind of run his own show on the bench. It, here's a question for you. Is, is Derrick Rose a good basketball player anymore? I'm hearing that people are really low on Derrick Rose, but I, I mean, I thought he scored 17 points a game for the Knicks last year. It was fine. I don't know when all this Derrick Rose hate kind of uh, came about. Yeah, but, um, I think with Rose, he might actually have a renaissance-type year. And I don't know if you saw, but he said um, recently, the past couple of years, he was playing, like, revenge basketball or something like that. And it sounds – and he's, he's let go of that. And he sounds very, like – um. He sounds like LeBron, once LeBron stopped trying to be a villain that first year in Miami, and, and Kevin Durant kind of did the same thing. He, when he stopped, after, after the heel turn by going to Golden State, you know, that's, mm. that's when he started to thrive. So maybe this is that for Derrick Rose. Maybe he stops playing with get back at everybody in his blood, and he just plays basketball just for the sake of playing basketball again. Um, I'm looking at What's this What's your loss. take on his hair? I don't like it. I also <laughs> – I also don't like Dwayne Wade with hair. Um, I don't like that Schumper got rid of his high top. The off season of hair, hair changes. I don't like – I wish LeBron would just go bald. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking at the roster. Did you know Jose Calderon and Kendrick Perkins are both on Cleveland's roster right now i didn't know this. i did i did know that jose was there and i only knew that perk was there because i've seen hilarious photos of him scowling in the background of lebron or wade gets interviewed because <laughs> that, that i perk face on him i i almost made a bill simmons whoa when uh when they drafted <laughs> anthony bennett when i saw perkins name because i thought he was already on cleveland and he left i know i, may, I don't know this is breaking news for me right now <laughs> um I also yeah. What do you? Yeah, go ahead. So, in fairness to Cleveland, and, and Simmons has this opinion too. Yeah, they lost in five games, but it was a pretty competitive five games. You know, if if LeBron. Uh, yeah, I mean, a couple of those games where they they really blew it out out of the open, but it was competitive during you know seventy five percent of each game. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, while Golden State's the best. I don't know. I don't think the gap was that wide between them and Cleveland. If things go a little bit differently, who knows? Well, are they a better team this year? This Cleveland roster as a whole, say, you know, by the spring, if Isaiah Thomas is healthy, ready to go, you know, maybe not his 29 or 30 point per game average he was at, but, you know, he's, you know, hit 24 points a game and is a legitimate factor. Is this a bet? I mean, is this a better Cleveland team than the year before? I would argue it is. Might be deeper. It's got Crowder and Jeff Green. It might have um, more. Oh, don't give me Jeff Green. Don't give me Jeff okay, Green. Sorry. Sorry. Um, <laughs> He's not playing much. They they might have more um, help on the wings, which I think really kind of yeah. torched them against Golden State's. I mean, just getting um, two smart players in Crowder and Wade, I mean, that's a huge boost. You know, you just have very, you know, I'm not calling Crowder an elite defender, you know, but it's people that, you know, 
understand what it takes to win on on both ends. I, you know, I'm curious if Wade's going to be there's going to be a big drop off for him athletically. Um, if he's going to be able to spread the floor by shooting, that's never really been an issue for him. I love that Tristan Thompson is going to come off the bench. I think that that's really going to just make it seem like they have more depth than they actually do. Because uh, he's going to bully the uh, second string uh, big men. Um, yeah. You know, and, and having Fry next to him. You know, their, their, uh, their B team is better than the Hawks. Can we agree on yeah. that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm gonna, I, I, don't know if I, I don't know if I'm comfortable going over 54 wins, though. Um, I guess the only person that really is, is not healthy right now is, um, is Isaiah Thomas. But I think that that is a huge loss for them to start the year. I kind of see them, you know, more towards the 51, 52. You know, they're going to rest Dwayne Wade a fair amount, I would imagine. Um, you know, odds are Derrick Rose doesn't play, you know, 75% of the season. Um, I'm going to take the slight under. I'm not, I, I, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't feel comfortable going over. What do you think? Yeah, I would, I would take an under too. I just feel like they, not that they're not going to care, but you know, with, with LeBron, you don't have to have home courts to get out of the East. And while Boston might be more talented, it's still, it's still his league. It's still his conference at least. And until somebody knocks them off, I don't think it matters what seed they are. Yeah, I mean either. Um, All right. So, so Cleveland, who, who, you, got, you got one more thought or you want to move on? No, let, let, let's move on. And this actually might go by pretty quick. Let's go to D- Detroit. It's 38 and a half wins. And I wrote a note for Detroit. And my note says, quote, why can't I think of anything to ask about Detroit? Because this is just kind of a boring team. Yeah, well, they got Avery Bradley. That's fun, I cool. think. Um, cool. Congratulations. Good job, guys. You got Avery. Um, yeah, I don't. I, I it's kind of unfortunate that you know they have Drummond at the contract that they do, and and uh, and Reggie Jackson. That's an exciting player. Uh, you know. The 38 and a half is, I think, a fair. That's, a, that's like a fair odds uh, right there. I don't see this team making the playoffs. Let's just, I, nope. I just, I, I, I even think in Indiana is a little bit more talented than them as a whole. But we, we'll get into them. I'm gonna go the under. I think they're gonna be a 36-ish win team. Um, I don't. I, I, I really can't imagine them being near 500. Uh, would it shock me if they were at 39? No. Nope. Um, I'll, I'll go, I'll go the, uh, under on that. Yeah. I, I'm going to go on the under. I've got, I, I have like literally nothing to say, but I mean, I hope Langston Galloway does well in Detroit, yeah, but this is just like, and like the, the, the Detroit fans can at me, they can email me or whatever, but like, who cares? Like, I, I just, I don't care about this team at all. I think they're really boring. All right. Move on. Yeah. So let's move Start on. Detroit. Sorry, Detroit. Sorry about it. All right, so you just mentioned them. So Indiana, they're up next. Indiana's got 30 and a half wins. That's that's their number. And 30? I think that's low. Yeah, 30 and a half wins. I think that's easy money. 
Uh, name the roster for me. Okay, so they have Darren Collison, Al Jefferson. They have one of the Bogdanoviches, TJ Leaf, Oladipo, Alex Poitras, 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 I don't know. Reigning slam dunk champion, Glenn Robinson III. Miles mm. Turner, who I like a lot. Sabonis, Bad Young, and future league MVP, Lance Stevenson. Yeah, Lance just really added a lot of swag to that team. Um, I don't, that's like seven deep. That's a seven deep team, yeah. eight deep team. I, I don't, they're competent. They're probably more competent than most of these lackluster East teams. 30 is way too low, I yeah. think. I mean, they're at least going to get to 32. Um, yeah. I don't see, I mean, you know, Darren Collison doesn't wow anybody, but competent. Um, they're going to play through Miles Turner a lot, you would imagine. Lance Stevenson's going to have the ball a lot and he's going to be doing Lance things. Uh, I'm definitely going over on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go over as well. And I also think, um, I still think they're going to be that bad. And also Indiana's kind of a kind of a proud, bad team. You know, like, yeah, we're bad, but we're going to keep trying every night. Um, and I really, yeah, I really like win. They don't want to tank. Yeah, I really like Miles Turner, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm a, you know, I don't know how high his ceiling is, but I like him as a player. I think that he's going to develop into, you know, a fun one, especially because he's got a little bit of range to his shot. Um, great wingspan. Um, a good body to build around. Um, I'd like to see him without, you know, with an offense that is, you know, actually going to really feature him more so than they did in the past. Um, all right, Indiana. Do you think they got enough for Paul George? I know this has been talked about, but that was kind of an, an underwhelming Paul George trade. Yeah, I mean, that was they didn't get a lot. What, what did they get? They got uh, Sabonis and Oladipo on a bad contract. And that's kind of yeah, a, maybe. And uh, yeah, I mean, and they didn't they get a second round pick in that too. I mean, I, I think they, what whatever they picked TJ Leaf, that was the pick. But yeah, oh. I mean. Or maybe that was their own pick. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't know. Three's on TG Leaf. Um, yeah, I mean, that's a bad, you know, I mean, the lesson of, you know, uh, economics there, right? You know, there's supply and demand, and when one player didn't want to be there, and, you know, the actual demand for that player was, was different. Um, you know, it, it, it kind of made me curious why Boston didn't send a trade package similar to that to them. But we saw that they ended up signing Gordon Hayward. Um, it, as a Wizards fan, it made me kind of scratch my head a little bit because you, you think that the Wizards would be all in on, you know, attempting to get a superstar wing player to, you know, build a big three. I think most Wizards fans would say that they'd trade Otto for – out of order for uh, Paul George and a, you know, unprotected future pick in a heartbeat. You know, I love Otto, but you have an opportunity to get a superstar, you know, top five player in the league. Um, I, it was a little curious. Uh, it kind of seemed like there was a little bit of a wink, wink, nudge, nudge there by Presti. So I'm curious. Uh, you know, hopefully Oladipo is, you know, he's, he's a player they clearly wanted. He's from Indiana. He plays hard. Not a bad player by any means. Uh, it's just unfortunate contract. I, I mean, you know, 
it's interesting. I, I, I was curious to see what other trade packages were out there. I'm sure Miami would have thrown a lot more at them. I don't know, but, you know, he's gone and they're rebuilding, and we got Indiana over 30 and a half, so. And you mentioned him, so let's segue into this in Miami. They got 42 and a half wins. And Miami, we all remember, they finished, they started 11 and 30 and finished 30 and 11. And I think this is a pretty good Miami team. I think if your Wizards or the Raptors, if they're not careful, I think Miami can leapfrog them and get a top four seed in the East. And I'm looking at the roster now. You got Goran Dragic, Ellington, Bam Adebayo from Kentucky, who I like. Udonis Haslam is still inexplicably playing basketball, which I think is amazing. Kelly Olenek. It's the Juwan Howard now, right? Kelly Olenek, James Johnson, future league MVP Dion Waiters, Whiteside, Josh Richardson. This is a Justice Winslow and Eric Spolster as coach, and Spolster is proving he's a good coach. I don't know. I think this is a good Miami team. Yeah, my first thought goes to Winslow, who – to my understanding, when he got injured last season, he didn't really turn it around. I got a good Winslow story, um, or a Winslow story. I'll let you do the judge if it's good. I visited his high school, uh, St. John's in Houston. I believe it's St. John's. And I saw a playoff game uh, that he played in. Uh, a roommate from college, shout out to Clayton. Uh, that's where he went to school. They were in the playoffs, and we had a good weekend to go. We drove to uh, Houston, and, you know, I heard about this kid, Justice Winslow, who's heading – I think he had committed to Duke at this time. And, you know, I mean, he was a top prospect, but, you know, kind of under the radar. You know, you hear a lot of stories about players in high school, and, you know, they, they could do everything. Justice Winslow was actually asked to do everything. He was asked to – basically be the point guard. He was asked to defend the biggest person and tallest person on the team. He would be tasked to defend the quickest and uh, best score on the team. The point guard he played with was maybe 5'6 or 5'7, a scraggly white dude uh, who I don't know his name. He was good. Good for him. But, I mean, Justice was a man amongst his boys. And when I saw him and how he was able to create for his other teammates, uh, I thought he was special. I didn't really realize he was going to be such a high draft pick um, and so coveted, but there's one thing I kind of took away from watching that game was that Justice Winslow can do it all and he can adapt to any kind of playing style. And he was never, you know, he was put in so many interesting, uh, strange positions on the court for his size um, and skill. I could still see him coming back from injury, maybe having worked on his outside shooting um, a fair amount, and kind of just just fitting in like a chameleon on that team. I could really see him just kind of blending himself back in there seamlessly. I think he's really smart, and you know I'm curious to see if Goran Dragic, uh, you know, on another note. It, you know, can elevate his game a little bit more. Uh, I know he took the keys the latter half of the season and, you know, really exploded. But, you know, it'd be great to see, uh, you know, somebody like like a Justice Wing player to actually be able to hit corner shots with somebody like uh, Dragic in the corner and such. What do you think about this team? 
Yeah, I'm wondering if Goran Dragic still wants to be there. I think the second half turnaround really helped because I know he wanted out. Um, I, I like Wade left. They kind of gave him the keys. Um, uh, I don't know why he would really want to leave. Yeah, yeah. Um, go ahead. I, 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 li- I want to like Winslow, but I also got to see that offensive game develop. Um, sure. But I, I, he could also, like you said, be that chameleon guy, be that guy that just kind of fits in. He doesn't have to be the number one option. That's what they have Weeders and, and Whiteside and Dragic for. Um, I, just, I, 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 I want to like Winslow, and I know a lot of people do. There's there's talent, there's upside, there's those little buzzwords that everybody loves using. I just, right. I, I just got to see it, and I want to see it. Well, they definitely have enough scoring between Dion and Drajic and Whiteside where, you know, he's not going to be asked to put up more than 12 a game. You know, if he's, you know, able to hit, you know, mid to upper 30s on corner threes, uh, you know, and, you know, is a good cutter and can just make smart plays. I doubt he's really going to, you know, I doubt he's really going to be a hindrance to the team. But, but what's their line at? It's at, uh, is it at 41? At 42 and a half. 42 and a half. That's a sneaky team. I mean, they really could be the fourth best team in the league if they stay healthy and uh, kind of continue the track that they're on. I'm going to go over. I see them around 45. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I would go to soft over. Maybe not 45, but maybe just. 43, they just barely eke it out. But, yeah, I, I, could, I can talk myself into Miami being pretty good this year. Um, let's keep going. Next, we've got Milwaukee, and they're at 46-and-a-half wins. And my question for Milwaukee Ooh. is, can this team make the leap? Yeah, so is and, uh, Jabari injured? Um, Jabari's injured for um, a little bit. Hey, can Giannis get better? Uh, I don't know, you know but I, I I I love Giannis though. Remember how um, a few years ago everyone you know made Anthony Davis the kind of oh he you know based on his trajectory he's going to be you know a thirty plus point per game you know gobbling everything you know Davis is fine tuning his game don't get me wrong but he didn't you know people kind of expected him to just have this monster climb I'm curious you know. A lot of the special things that Giannis does is through athleticism. And right now he's obviously in the peak of his athletic career. You know, you know, is adding, you know, an outside shot really even important or relevant to his game? And even if he does that, does it kind of take away from the special things he does on the floor athletically? I'm not so – you know, I kind of feel like we're a little jumping the gun on anointing uh, Giannis as uh, somebody who's, uh, you know, going to be, you know, superstar level consistently every night um, to a point where he can get his team to 50 wins. I'm not so sure that we've seen that yet. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I would put it like this. If I were – the Pelicans GM and Milwaukee called me and said, I want to trade you Giannis for Anthony Davis straight up. I would have to really think about it. 
I don't think I would, but I'd have a hard time telling them no, too. Um, I'm looking at the red, because I also remember when the Pelicans got their first win last season, um, it was against Milwaukee, and Giannis and Jabari kept Milwaukee in that game just by themselves. Um, Right. And so I'm looking at the rest of the roster. There's Giannis, there's Jabari. It's a good one, too. There's Della Vadova, Gerald Green, Greg Monroe, Chris Middleton's back, uh, Thon Maker. I think it's Macare. Macare. Tony Snell, James Young, and Jason Terry's still, like Udonis Haslam, is inexplicably playing professional basketball. Yeah. And Malcolm it's, uh, Brogdon, right? Yeah, Malcolm Brogdon. It's it's good money if you can get it. So, yeah, uh, I mean that's a solid team. I'm not really sure they're forty six and a half. That's you know, for them to be a forty seven, forty eight win team, that's I don't know, that's pretty that's a lot of wins for that team. I don't think they really got much better this off season. Uh, Greg Monroe is is he good anymore? I I you know I don't think he's their starting center anymore, or at least. And I guess it really depends on if Don McCare, if I'm pronouncing it correctly, um, if he really takes the leap this year and can play really meaningful minutes, you know, 20 minutes a game, whatever, be a legitimate difference maker. But until, I don't know, until we've kind of seen this, you know, the young people take a, uh, you know, a jump, I'm going to go the under. I feel like this is a team that's tricking a lot of people into assuming that they're going to be great before they're actually great. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think the the postseason kind of helps them too. They got a taste of it. They have that tough Raptors yeah, sure. series. Um, and, and and speaking of like you know young people taking the leap, do you think that we've taken the leap yet? Have you think we've peaked yet, or, or do we need a couple more years of seasoning? By we, you mean? I mean you and me, like us specifically. Oh. We definitely have not peaked yet. Yeah, I, I think I'm still uh, no, flat line. For you, but I think we still have uh, we still have some upside. At, if if anything, I'm on the, I, I'm on the decline. If anything, um, <laughs> okay. Well, I was the top draft pick, so uh, oh, that must be nice. Pressure's on me. You were, you know, you were a second round pick, so you, yeah, you can kind of uh, I'm I'm scrappy. <laughs> I'm gritty. Code for you are great. Code for white. Guy. Yeah, great yeah. locker like, room presence. Coachable. The coach's yeah, son. Coachable. The coach's yeah. son, yeah. Um, oh, coach's son. Uh, so I think we agree on Milwaukee. We might have a disagreement here. We got New York at 30 and a half wins. Um, Nick. Yeah, the Knicks. New I, uh, York! New York! <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I don't think the cancer. Knicks... We have cancer. And Hardaway. And and, and Hardaway for people are calling him Frankie Nicotine or something like that. Frank, um, Frankie Nicotine. They got McDermott. Like Hernan Gomez. This is a different team. This is a very different team than it was last year. Yeah. Um. Oh wow. Ramon Sessions is on this roster. I didn't know that. Shout um, out to is still getting those checks. Um. Got Jerry Jack's on the roster. Contract. Yeah, Jerry Jack. Um, for him. Um, Bounce back after his injury was held. Courtney Lee, Doug McDermott, Michael Beasley. Um, 
I don't know. I don't think this Knicks team. I mean, they don't seem as. I mean, they don't seem as dysfunctional. I mean, it might just be because the Carmelo and the Phil Jackson stink is gone. But yeah, they're not good. But I, and see, this is what's complicated with the Knicks. I think the league is better actually when the Knicks are bad and comically mismanaged <laughs> and. And I don't, I don't see that. I just think they're just gonna be bad, and that's no fun. I like, I, I want an entertaining bad Knicks team, not a boring bad Knicks team. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, is Frank gonna be able to play, you know, actually, you know, meaningful minutes? And if not, you're looking at Jared Jack and Ramon Sessions, you know, attempting to probably, you know make a mark enough in the league so the Knicks will trade them halfway through the season to a contender that wants a good backup point guard. So they're probably going to play pretty hard, I would imagine. They're still in the league at their age uh, with an opportunity to actually play. You know, is Porzingis going to be, a you know, an 18-9 and nine guy this season or a 25-11 and you know 11 or 12, you know, guy this season? I mean, that's... That's kind of, you know, whether or not they're going to be, you know, a legitimate 36-win team or a 28-win team, right? Yeah, and I think the thing with Porzingis going forward now, um, hey, we're all looking at you now, bro. You know, Carmelo's gone. Phil's gone. It's it's yeah, on you. Got. Um, like, because when the Knicks – stink like they always do they're going to be looking at him they, they can't blame Carmelo anymore they can't blame Phil they're going to be coming for him and I and I just wonder if he's up for that because he's had a pretty good uh human shield to pass through yeah, uh, really he's in the lead that two great scapegoats well uh, this is what's going to happen they're not they're not going to tank because of the Knicks and nothing they do is sensible and Ennis Cantor is going to play really hard for them, either coming off the bench or starting next to Porzingis. And, you know, Tim Hardaway is going to shoot 20 times a game, and somehow they're going to casually just win a few more games than they are supposed to and get up to 34 or 35 wins and be, you know, nowhere near the playoffs, but nowhere near – one of the worst teams in the league, and everyone's going to be frustrated, and they're going to get a uh, half-decent pick, and it's going to be this whole cycle all over again. So I'm going to take yeah. the over, because they're going to screw it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. I also, I, I don't know, I don't think the Knicks, I know I, I trashed them, but I think they're kind of like Brooklyn. I think they might be a, like a good, bad team, too. Yeah, they're going to, um, I think they might, you know, Hornacek is their coach, right? I think so. Um, I don't know if he's good or not, but that sounds fine. It's, it sounds fine, I, I guess. Um, from one dysfunctional team to just just a boring mess, we got the Magic, and Orlando's at 30 and a half wins. And I just think, I mean, what, what the hell is Orlando's plan? Like, it's every year. What are they doing? Well, they're just really trying to see if Aaron Gordon and uh, Vukovic, you know, can gel. So, what is it, year number four of just seeing, you know, seeing that pair, seeing how they develop. I don't know. I mean, it's, it would really be sad to be a legitimate Orlando Magic fan. 
I know, I know Preston, I think, is living there. I don't know what it would be like if you're a legitimate fan of them. But, I mean, Alfred Payton, fine. Fournier is a good player. Uh, Jonathan Isaacs is the most magic pick I've ever heard. You know, somebody that's going to be wasted by a glut of people at that position and he's not going to develop. Um, I don't know what they're doing. What was the line? A 30 and a half? 30 and a half, yeah. What were they? Uh, re, what was their record last year? Was it 32 or 30? Let, let, I mean, let me pull it up because I actually don't know. Give me one second. But yeah, I've, I'm, I'm thinking about the roster and it just. They just have like the same guys. You know, they have Vucevic and Bismarck Biombo and Mo Spates, which I didn't even know happened. Um, Mo Spates? Yeah, Maurice Mo Spates. Spates. I actually hear it. Okay, so Orlando had 29 wins last year. And and you got, I mean, like I said, with the, the having this just redundant players, you got Aaron Aflalo and DJ Augustine. And Shelvin Mack. Is Aaron Gordon even a good bat? I know he can dunk, but is Aaron Gordon a good basketball player? Have we figured that out yet? I don't know. I don't know if he. Could, I don't know if he's. I don't know if he's a starting forward in this league. I just. I, I genuinely don't know. But I guess it's the year that we're going to figure that out or not. I mean, you would think that they are, you know, compiling these random assets for a trade package, right? You get somebody like a Mike Conley or, uh, you know, a legitimate point guard maybe. Um, with that being said, in the last several years, it doesn't seem like they're really interested in doing that. You know, they attempted to have a Baca there last year. It made no sense when they signed him, and then they traded him for uh, Terrence Ross. Is yeah. he on the team? Yeah. Uh, yeah, still there. So I don't know what they're doing. 30, though. I mean, that's tough. Um, I'm going to go, you know, I think, you know, Brooklyn's going to go over, and I'm going to go under with the Magic. I, you know, I think they're going to get around 28 again. I, I yeah. don't see the talent on this team. I don't, you know, they don't really have many playmakers, and defensively it doesn't make any sense, and uh, I'm going to go under. Yeah, I, I'm going to go under, too. I just think this is a this is a bad, really bad Magic team, and this it, it's it's not run right. There's just it's directionless. That that whole franchise is a mess. Um, yeah, who knows? And maybe uh, Isaac turns out to be incredible, and you know they can build around him, and that's great. But I don't the amount of bodies that are in front of him on the depth chart. I don't even and playing meaningful minutes right away. They kind of, they seem like they kind of hit Azonia, uh a similar problem. I don't even know. I don't think I've ever seen Azonia actually play. Um, I'm going to go under. Yeah, I'm going to go with the under two. And from one hopeless franchise to one with irrationally unbridled optimism, we have the Philadelphia 76ers who are inexplicably at 40 and a half wins for their that's projection. So that is that's I don't understand. That's insane. They are sneaky deep, though. Let's acknowledge yes. that. Uh, read, read me their roster. 
So the Philadelphia Trust the Processors, there's the I see Jared Bayless, I see Robert Covington, who I like, Embiid, Fultz, Chris Humphreys, Amir Johnson, James Michael McAdoo, TJ McConnell, Mecca Okafor, wow, Mecca Okafor is still in the league. Oh yeah, uh, I saw that signed him there. Uh, they have Julio Okafor, JJ Redick, Saric, Simmons, and Nick Stauskas. Sneaky deep team. Uh, I love that JJ Redick signing. I think everybody in, and their mother loves that signing. Um, you want me to go ask my mom right quick? Yeah, ask her if she likes that. I get back to uh, um, <laughs> um, I, I don't see them getting above 40 wins. Well, I'll just put it out there. But I think the East, that, that third tier of the East is so bad and unpredictable that I could still see them, and I have them picked as the eighth seed uh, in the East. But I think that they could get in there at 37 wins. I don't think they need to get over 40 to be an eighth seed in the East this year. So I'm excited to see Ben Simmons. I think they're going to make a lot of mistakes. But, um, you know, if Embiid just plays 60 games, I think that they win enough games to go to the playoffs. He's just so dominant. And watching any highlights of him just makes me smile. Um, and have a little floor spacing with Covington and J.J. Redick is awesome. So, you know, I'm going to go the under, but I kind of like the buildup of this team for a, kind of a – Oh, let's test our waters in the in the playoffs this year, kind of a kind of a situation. What do you think? Yeah, I think playoffs and over under they're mutually exclusive things. I think they'll make playoffs, but not hit the not hit the over, and that that's okay as long as there's progress being made. Um, sure. I think. I, I'm going to swear by Ben Simmons. Simmons, we, you know, he went to LSU. I was a senior. Simmons is one year at um, at LSU, and the whole thing was a mess. But yeah, Simmons led the team and like scoring rebounds and assists. Um, he might not have that shot just yet, that jump shot. Um, but he is so good with the ball in his hands. He, he's going to set people up. If he's going to be the point forward, the, uh, the queen on the chessboard, as Bill Simmons like to say, he, he's, he's got a really good handle, and he, he sees the game different. He, he can make these passes. Most people can't, especially 6'10", 6'11", guys. They can't make the types of passes he can. So if you haven't bought Ben Simmons stock, I, I would get on it because I think Simmons is the real deal, even if he's offensively challenged as of now. Yeah, I'm curious to see how he actually, you know, plays in, you know, multiple games in an AHU season uh, schedule, you know, whether or not, you know, he is consistent every night. But he definitely, I mean, just, just I remember watching him in, in college, and he reminded me of how LeBron, uh, you know, came in as a rookie, you know, Incredible vision, uh, attempted passes that no one would ever attempt, which yes. is always exciting to watch. And it's, you know, a rational confidence or not, it's 
typically a good sign for somebody regarded as an incredible passer who's almost seven feet tall. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm high on him, and, and, and if they can surround him with some shooters, which they seem to have done, you know, T.J. McConnell, I love T.J. McConnell. I've seen several games with him, and I think he plays really hard and, you know, really scrappy. You know, that's the thing about the, the, those white point guards. Everyone calls them scrappy. Um, here's a question for you. I, you know, would you rather – I don't know how, how high are you on TJ, but, I, you know, TJ McConnell is a player that I think the Pelicans would really benefit from. And I'm not really sure what packages, you know, the Pelicans are even think about trades and whatnot. But odds are one of the point guards are going to get injured this year. I'd be curious to hear your thoughts on, on whether or not – you know, TJ's just not getting a lot of minutes on that roster. Whether or not you'd you'd be interested in a, a Pelican swap with a, a player and get a TJ. Yeah, Philly's always the past couple of years have had some guys I wish New Orleans would try and go get with be it McConnell. I remember when they when they had Robert Covington, I was like, wow, they should go get Robert Covington. Um, yeah. If Fultz is gonna, it, I think it depends on if Fultz is the ball handler if he's going to be the guy from day one or maybe just it's going to be like um like the thought with what would happen in philadelphia or excuse me with boston when tom isaiah thomas was still there everybody thought that isaiah thomas would be the point guard but Fultz would you know take over eventually so i'm wondering if that's what ends up happening to mcconnell because mcconnell is infinitely more expendable than isaiah thomas um the thing I have to see from Philadelphia, the reason I'm not taking that over, yeah, I like Simmons. Yeah, everybody loves Embiid, and I guess Fultz can be pretty good. But when, like, your three, like, best players, most upside players have, you know, 38 games of experience combined, you got to you gotta prove it first. You, Absolutely. Um, I, I guess benefit of the doubt is okay, but – I mean, like I said, 40 and a half wins. Joel Embiid hasn't even Wait, played why? 40. 40. Joel Embiid hasn't even played 40 games yet. <laughs> yeah. Two years. Over yeah. How long it's been. Ben Simmons hasn't played one game. The rookies yeah. haven't, you know, amounted to 40 games overall. Um, but I love that they got J.J. Redick. I think he's going to swing some games for them. And hopefully he's healthy, you know, to chase people around uh, defensively. So we're both going under, but we're we like we 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 do we do acknowledge that we like uh, the makeup of of the roster. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Shout out to TJ. So, who's next? Uh, we have two teams left. We've got our brothers to the north. We have the Raptors with forty-seven and a half wins, and I um I don't know how this Raptors team got better over the summer. It's still a good team, but what did they do to make you think, okay, this is the year that Toronto breaks through? And I don't, I don't see that acquisition. I mean, I guess you had to get Kyle, Kyle Lowry back, of course, but what'd you do besides that? The CJ Miles thing, maybe, but I, I don't know. Yeah. They lost Corey Joseph, which I feel is a um, a big deal. They got rid of Demari Carroll, I believe, that who's in, who's in uh, Brooklyn now. But um, and that seems to be a plus for them. 
But I thought Corey Joseph was somebody just, that just kind of helped keep the, the ship, uh, you know, thinking when Lowry went away and he could play together with Lowry. He was a really capable defender. He um, just didn't really seem to make a lot of mistakes. Uh, I'm not even sure who their backup point guard is now um, with him gone. So I think that they lost a little bit of their depth, um, which is definitely concerning in an eight-game thing uh, season. At 47 and a half, that's tough um, because they're one injury away, you know, either Lowry or uh, DeRozan, and you know, it cost you several games. Um, I think this might be the year you kind of see them tail off regular season-wise. I'm going to go slight under. I, I mean, I think that they're, they might be at 47 wins. Um, they might be at, uh, you know, 45, 46. I don't really see this team going to 50 this year. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm going I'm to take the under. I, I don't think this is a deep team. Maybe one through five, you can roll yeah, with that. Start. Solid starting lineup. Uh, but I, I think that I think they'll be like, like your Wizards. There's just there's just not a lot of depth behind them. Um, I mean, OG and Anubi, KJ McDaniel's, and just yeah. Well, who knows how either of them are really going to play in meaningful. Uh, you, you have you have Valachunas, but you drafted that. Poddle guy from Utah. Potable Poddle, whoever. How do you, who knows? I, I don't uh, know how he's going to help your team. I don't know. I just think either. they're kind of rooted into um, this forever second tier Eastern Conference team status right now. Uh, yeah, I, I think they're kind of middle of the road. I mean, I can kind of see why. People are kind of assuming the Bucks might surpass them a little bit younger, maybe a little more hungry. Um, but I'm going on the under with uh, Toronto. Um, yeah, I'm just not. I'm not comfortable saying they're going to be incredible. Um, but hey, maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe you know, maybe DeRozan's got an extra gear and he hasn't. You know, he gets a three-point shot and you know, it just works. Um, again, I mean, these teams. There's so many bad teams in the East that, you know, these the Bucks and, and the Raptors and the Wizards are going to play four times a year, uh, three, four times a year. It's, you know, you can kind of see how these, these wins kind of get up there. But I'm going, I'm going under. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go under too. And that brings us to our last group in the East. That it's is the Washington. Yeah, the Washington Wizards. Um, Washington's at to the almost bullet. Uh, forty-eight and a half wins. Yeah, that's high too. Um, so yeah, they lost. They had no depth. Losing Bogdanovich was big. You know, you had a you had a, just a backup scoring guy. Uh, you know, Mahimi, Mahimi, however you want to pronounce it, however it's pronounced. He was basically a non-factor the entire season last year at $16 million a year. So that kind of frees up their cap situation. But I loved how they picked up Tim Frazier. I don't know what other options were out there, but 
one of the biggest things in the John Wall era was that ever since he, whenever he comes off the court, the pace totally changed. And we've seen Tim Frazier uh, play the last several years, a uh, couple years, and he really likes to push the pace. I mean, he really likes to run and he likes to set people up and he plays hard every time he's on the court. I think that was a really strong pickup for them. Uh, you know, the Wizards were never a team that the last several years relied on a deep bench. Um, they kind of have their guys, and then they got Kelly Uber, they got Jason Smith, who, you know, was, was fun last year. I don't know if that's going to continue. Um, you know, Bradley had a great, healthy season last year, and John Wall wants to be the MVP. I'm going to go the over because I think Brad and John are going to be on a mission. And I'm really excited to see, uh, you know, the Wizards are one of the only teams, you know, in that top tier of the East, I guess, excluding um, including the Raptors and the Bucks that have really stayed the same. Um, but Washington proved last year that they, you know, are definitely uh, up there with the big boys. And, you know, as Boston maybe is figuring it out at first, and Cleveland is also kind of figuring it out as Isaiah – Thomas is, uh, you know, eventually kind of thrown back in the lineup and Derrick Rose and Wade are kind of getting to know each other. I could see this Wizards team really coming out to a strong start of the season. And I see them I see them getting to 50 wins for the first time in, I think, ever. So I'm going to go over. What do you think? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I'll, I'm going to go the over. I, I was going to defer to you about this Wizards team anyway because you – follow them more closely than I do. Um, I agree about, especially in like the November, December, January months, Washington maybe getting off to a quicker start than Cleveland and Boston do. I don't know if that'll sustain all the way through April and uh, into the into the postseason. I, I, I wonder, is this the year Washington – you know, makes round three or even beyond. Um, I think, who would you think they would rather have in the in a second round? Would they rather play Boston or would they rather play Cleveland in the second round? Uh, they who, want who would Cleveland. you like the chances? <laughs> I, I think so too. Um, they wanted Cleveland so badly last year. Um, they matched up, I mean, John Wall and Bradley Beal are basically unguardable to any of the current guards on the path. And I'm more scared of Marcus Smart uh, than I am of any of the two guards on Cleveland. Um, Yeah, I think Bradley last in the playoffs was out of his mind. Uh, it was great yeah. to see. Um, but again, there, there. You know, I was talking about you know people kind of assuming players are just going to keep getting better and better and better. I actually genuinely believe that Bradley Beal and, and John Wall are going to be getting uh, you know more and more efficient. Um, you know, John Wall is obviously going to have to adapt his game as he gets older. But for this season, I really genuinely see them as you know. I mean, they've been together for so long, and they whatever drama there was is gone and everyone's happy and lovey-dovey and they want, 
you know, they want to get a third star for their team. And I could see the Wizards as a desperate uh, trade team at the deadline. Um, somebody, that, you know, there's a disgruntled start uh, somewhere. Maybe if Memphis uh, puts Marcus all on the market, then they just swing to the fences and try to grab him. Uh, you know, shout out to Gortat, but, you know, I think that, I think that Washington's got to be interested in adding a, a big body that can make a difference on both ends of the floor sooner than later. Um, all this DeMarcus Cousins talk is silly. That's not – I think he's – Pelicans aren't really going to consider trading him. But um, even if it's doomsday for them, I'm not entirely sure that they are uh, going to want to get rid of him and start over again. I don't know. I like I I love John and Brad. Uh, Otto was solid for them last season. Uh, great shooting. He's got to replicate that again. Uh, Marquise and his brothers just settled that really strange uh, uh, lawsuit. Um, where I'm not entirely sure I understand the facts on that one. I don't love Jody the Jody Meek signing. I thought that was a little underwhelming. There were a lot of different guards I thought that they could have done that would have. You know, made more of a difference, but you know, I uh, I'd like to be I'd like to be standing correct on that one. But I, I like the team, and you know, John Wall and Brad are my guys, so I'm riding with them. I'm going. Uh, I'm going over. Yeah, I I'm just confident. Um, I just I feel like Washington and Toronto are kind of in the in the same boat. I just they're they're good teams, but I just don't know how either of them made themselves better this summer. I like the Tim Frazier thing, um, but is, is Tim Frazier enough of a difference maker to, to get yeah, Washington into, into round three? I, I don't know. Um, and as 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 good as Washington is, like I'm looking at this roster, there's a lot of guys, like I don't even know who these people are, like bench-wise, yeah. and it's just – it's it's a bad bench. Um, yeah, it's not deep at all by any means. Concerning. Like I, like I keep looking at these guys, like I, I haven't heard of like any of these guys, like Saturnoski, Mike Young, Mike Scott, Saransky. Donald. Excuse me, sorry, bless you. Um, <laughs> yeah, Sheldon uh, McClellan. Like, who are these guys? Um, the Bullets Forever people will, will back me up. There's some talent there, but a lot of question marks. Um, you know, Saransky was um, a Euro player that they got who had a lot of hype coming in, and he's taller, and he can see the floor pretty well, but he was extremely inconsistent. Um, you know, so they're kind of banking on him to be, you know, to kind of get it under control and, uh, and to be a difference maker. But yeah, it is pretty underwhelming. You know, I mean, they were a team that I was surprised, you know, Tony Allen's on the market, you know, somebody, you know, the Pelicans kind of snaggy and Clark and such. Those are players that the, the Wizards, you would assume, would have in the bag is, uh, to be able to get them as backup shooters and and, uh, and wing players. I was I was a little underwhelmed with the GM the last two off seasons. Mahimi uh, contract. Uh, he better he better just play meaningful minutes this year. That, was, that might be one of the worst contracts uh, they signed. They got rid of Nicholson's contract, which was atrocious. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I really think John and Bradley Beal aren't done uh, getting better, and I think that in itself is uh, how they got better, whereas Toronto, I'm not really sure how much better Lowry and DeRozan could be. So um, I'm excited to see it. That's all I got to say. Um, 
So I'm going over. You're you're going over, but you're a little hesitant, or yeah, just a, just a slight over. I, I I don't know. All right, I feel that. Well, I am. Uh, I guess we just finished up. Well, we can recap our picks if we want. Um, I'm currently driving through a uh, what I think is a tropical storm, but very unclear on my way down to New Orleans. So excited to get back to the city. Yeah, so we we like Boston. We think Brooklyn can be okay. We think Atlanta's terrible. Charlotte's a little funky. We think Chicago might be the worst team in basketball. Cleveland might be kind of off to a slow start, but, you know, they get benefit of the doubt. Detroit's boring as hell. Who cares? Indiana, not <laughs> as bad as it could be. Miami could be pretty good. Milwaukee, we like. The Knicks, bad but entertaining, but not sad enough. <laughs> Orlando, yeah. incredibly sad. Philadelphia, we got to see it to believe it. And Toronto and Washington, good, but how much better did they get? That was that was the best summary of the pot. You know. We should put a warning in the beginning of this pod for people just to sim to that part, and then they'll get the entire gist of this podcast. Yeah, and, at, and, and there's like an 80% chance this never actually gets published anyway, because I don't know what I'm doing with this <laughs> producing stuff. So this just might be a conversation that only you and I can uh, attest by. Um, Justin, come back. We're burning the house down. Yeah. Um, so I guess... You, you and I, I, I like this. This was fun. We're kind of like the Lennon and McCartney of our site in that you, you'll keep making just top-notch content well into your life, and I'll probably be dead by 40. Um, <laughs> yes. uh, but, no, I'm excited to get back to it. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, basketball, the season's back in 10 days. Well, the Pelican season's back in 10 days. Regular basketball starts that Tuesday the 17th. So it's 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 on its way, Johnny. Can you feel it in your loins? It's it's coming. Oh, I can feel it all right. I can I can smell Smoothie King Center's uh, cement from here. It's potent, let me tell you. Uh, the potent smell of nostalgia and uh, and basketball. I am excited. No, I really am. I, you know, this Pelican season is uh, extremely intriguing. Um, I know that every blogger has been really tweeting a lot this summer and, and excitement. So I'm assuming everyone else is excited. Uh, do you feel it in your bones? Are you excited? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, while we were talking, we had a bit of breaking news. We, we're going to break news on this podcast. Um, oh, big time. Rondo is going to be out for about a month. Oh, great. So, uh, you know. Well, Rondo, hey, that's, that's, initia- that's, that's part of the hazing process and the initiation process when you sign the Pelican. So, he's getting it over with quickly. Uh, so, might as well. Uh, so, who do you think is the starting, uh, the other starting guard uh, come, uh, come opening night? Is it Tony Allen? Yeah, I think it's got to be Tony Allen. So you'd have Drew, Tony Allen, we're going to assume Cunningham, and obviously Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins as your 
day one starters, possibly. Uh, well, they play the Grizzlies uh, the first game of the season, so if Tony Allen is starting, maybe he'll be hyped for that. Uh, Tony Allen revenge game. game. Tony Allen revenge game. You heard it here first, folks. Uh, very exciting. Uh, unfortunate for Rondo. Hopefully he bounces back quickly. Yeah, I hope so, too. But um, we're running a little long. I guess it's about time we wrap this up. Uh, thanks again to Preston for giving us the keys to the podcast. Congrats again. He got married. Congrats, Preston. Yeah. yeah. Hey, um, hey, hey, Preston. Good job. You're yeah. making us all proud. Yeah. You, you made me proud. Very happy for you. Very excited for you. Um, How does he so, end the podcast? Do you want to... Does he have a sign-off that you want to impersonate? Uh, this is Preston Ellis. Make sure to uh, hit subscribe and rate us and download us and go Pelicans. How was that? Nice. That was actually better than mine. Uh, yeah, shout, out, shout out to Preston. Uh, and, you know, we'll be back on the pod someday. Uh, all right, agenda. Uh, great talking to you. Yeah, buddy. We'll, we'll talk again soon. And that's it for now, Pelicans fans. Again, if you like what you're hearing, you know the drill. Retweet, share, rate. And as always, you can get all the latest news on your Pels at thebirdrights.com. But for now, let's get excited, people. Basketball's back. Let's go, Pels. Let's say you just bought a house. Bad news is, you're one step closer to becoming your parents. You'll proudly mow the lawn. Ask if anybody noticed you mowed the lawn. Tell people to stay off the lawn. Compare it to your neighbor's lawn. And complain about having to mow the lawn again. Good news is, it's easy to bundle home and auto through Progressive and save on your car insurance. Which, of course, will go right into the lawn. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and other insurers. Discount not available in all states or situations. Geico presents Yikes! Another voicemail from your roommate. Sup, roomie? Hey, a pipe burst in the basement. It's completely flooded. Anyway, I called for someone to fix it, but in the meantime, I was thinking we could finally have that indoor pool party we've always wanted. I got some cool swan floaty things already going. Could you pick up some chips on your way home? Later. The GEICO Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected. Like if your roommate isn't the brightest pool float in the flooded basement. Visit GEICO.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance.